You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. Happy Wildcard Weekend, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast, a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. I am EZD, your host, riding solo this week as we dive into Wildcard Weekend in the NFL and what a Wildcard Weekend it's going to be. We'll get there in a minute. Hats, Tats, and Stats brought to you by Mafia Pack, the Mafia Pack available at MafiaPack.com, our friends over there. Uh, part of Stag Pack, Mafia Pack, Imagine Pack, that whole crew of uh, websites all Good friends of ours here on the show, guys that we've known for a long time, and uh, shout out to them. I believe you can still catch the Mafia Pack 4, which includes the Josh Allen number 17 decanter and the uh, four weapons shot glasses, the number 14 shot glass, number 13, 26, and 88, I believe, with the number two Das Boot for Mr. Tyler Bass. Uh, that being said, check those guys out. Like I said, on MafiaPack.com. Uh, you can get that today. There's a couple places locally in stores you can get it as well. Uh, and with that being said, we're going to dive right into it. We're going to dive right into Wild Card Weekend. As it is Wild Card Saturday here in the world. So if you're tuning into this, uh, I know we're dropping it a little late, and I apologize for that. Whew, it's been a wild week. It's been a crazy week here for those of us on Hats, Tats, and Stats, and uh, you know, just weren't able to get the show done earlier. But uh, if you're tuning in after Sunday or on Sunday or later, uh, obviously the wildcard weekend is done and over with. So uh, bear with us here. We're going to give you our best takes on these things, uh, especially the two games today. It is raining like the Dickens in San Francisco right now. I just saw a post on Instagram. It is raining in San Francisco the way it was snowing in Buffalo over the course of Christmas weekend, and that is absolutely insane. Uh, Definitely going to impact that game. Here's my thing. The Niners are a great football team. Top to bottom, both sides of the ball, they are really, really good. Their shortcoming, uh, I'm sorry, Brock Purdy has been doing very, very good. I believe that offense, that team is just built to succeed. But I do believe at some point they are going to need a quarterback play to win down the line. There's a lot of good defenses here uh, between the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Vikings defense doesn't suck. The Giants defense is okay. Um, oh, and the Eagles are pretty solid as well. So you're going to need quarterback play at some point. Okay, You can't just rely on a running back, two good receivers, and, and, a, and a good tight end with average quarterback play. Um at some point, Brock Purdy's going to need to make a play, and I don't. I'm unsure if he can. I'm unsure if he is a. You know, if you're if you're down with a minute left, chasing four, can he can he work you down the field and get the ball in the end zone uh, when you can't rely on McCaffrey to to tote the to tote the load here? Uh, we're going to find out. We are going to find out exactly what that is and exactly what the future is going to hold for the 49ers, especially with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance waiting in the wings. And it being, a, I mean, a little unknown of what's going to happen in the future with the quarterback room there. Uh, the 49ers Seahawks game, uh, the 49ers are going to win this one. The The rain and the weather plays to their advantage. It plays to a defensive showdown, and they're going to win that every time against almost everybody in the, in the NFL. Uh, the Seahawks, great, great season uh, for Geno Smith uh, coming back. Basically, writing out, you know, oh, they wrote me off. I didn't write back. Yes, 100%, my friend. That is the most accurate statement any any quarterback has ever said 
I, I just don't know if they have enough to get past the Niners. The Niners are easily, easily the one of, if not the hottest team in football, uh, riding an incredible 10-game winning streak into the playoffs. I don't know if that winning streak survives. All right, that, that is the only thing I'm going to say. The Niners are the hottest team headed in, They but they do have some tests in front of them to, to win it out. Uh, and again, without, I mean, not that you need elite quarterback play, looking at you, Joe Flacco, uh, to win it all, but you know, the Niners are built as good as anybody to do it, and I don't think they get tested too terribly hard this week. I think the Seahawks season comes to an end today at 4:30 or well let's be honest after the 4:30 time slot i think we're you know we're talking about the, what the future holds for the Seahawks and really it was a it was an, a year of overachievement i don't nobody nobody had them anywhere near this game anywhere near the playoffs um and who knows maybe maybe i'm sitting here talking about nobody has them winning this game either and maybe they do maybe they do anything can happen that's why the game's not played on paper however uh, i my take here is the niners the niners take this game and they take this game Two scores. Uh, this is 10 or more for sure. Uh, and then moving on <laughs> to the later game tonight, the 8-15 game, the Chargers and the Jags. The Jags needing an unlikely late defensive score, a defensive scoop and score on a sack fumble, uh, which some people, I saw a lot of people didn't agree with that call. I'll tell you what, I think it was spot on. I think they, they hit the nail on the head with it. And I do believe wholeheartedly that, you know, that was the right call, just regardless of what other people think. And honestly, it doesn't matter because it's over. The Chargers are in the game. Sorry, the Jaguars are in the game facing the Chargers, hosting the Chargers. The Jags hosting a playoff game. I've been to a playoff game in Jacksonville. Uh, It is a weird, weird town. Uh, Anybody listening down in Duval, first off, I will say it again. Every time I talk about you, I will tell you how dumb the Duval chant is. Uh, I don't know any other, any other, anywhere, any other sport in any way that cheers for their county, not their, you know, not their actual city or their town or their team, but that's beside the point here, neither here nor there. Uh, I'm not trying to tick off any, any Jags fans, but the Jags hosting the chargers, the chargers, you know, getting in at 10 and seven, you know, a, a solid season, a solid finish after, you know, kind of a rocky period in the middle of the, in the middle of the, of everything and eking out, um, you know, the Jets and the Patriots at one point were both in the playoffs, both pushing for it. The Steelers had a shot at the end there. Uh, the Chargers at one point, people were like, ah, you know, they're, they're, I don't know if they're going to get it, but they got it. They're there. Uh, and here we are facing the Chargers. Oh, geez, second time today. Facing the Jags at uh, in Jacksonville. So uh, this one to me is going to be interesting. Jacksonville is riding a wave of emotion, riding a hot hand. They got a five-game winning streak going. Uh, defend like they're they're scoring points. They're putting points on people. This has all the makings of a fun wild card weekend shootout. If I'm any team in the NFL, somebody I do not want to have a shootout with is Justin Herbert because I think he can shoot as good as anybody. However, the interesting thing here is they've been struggling to put the ball in the end zone. They have been struggling to put the ball in the end zone, specifically throwing to receivers. Uh, and I, you know what I. I, I'm going to kick myself for doing this, and I kick myself every time this, this comes out of my mouth, but I'm taking the Jags. I'm riding the hot hand here. Uh, there's some issues. Uh, you know, I believe it is Mike Williams has a, a back injury. Yes, yeah, uh, Mike Williams sustained a back injury in the meaningless Week 18 game, uh, and uh, Coach Staley, Brandon Staley, man, this guy's been questioned a lot of a lot of decisions he's made, a lot of things he's done in the past. Uh, costing them a playoff run last year, 
uh, with decisions in the last game of the season. Uh, decided to play his his starters in Week 18 when they could not really go anywhere or do anything playoff wise, and Mike Williams with a back injury gonna miss gonna miss the game today. That's a huge weapon. All right, that's that's a big deal. It's a huge weapon for Herbert to have out, and because of things like that, I don't trust Daly in this situation. I know uh, the Jags are young; they have an inexperienced quarterback. I mean, they have an inexperienced quarterback as far as playoff goes. I mean, this both these guys first first. First playoff run, right? So we're gonna one of them's gonna get their first W. It's gonna happen, guaranteed. So here we are. We're having the Chargers at the Jags. I'm taking the Jags for the W. I'm riding the hot hand. I think they get in a shootout, and I think the Jags pull it out uh, for uh, who knows how many reasons. And honestly, I would not be shocked if Staley doesn't get the old heave ho, despite making the playoffs this season. Um, and we're, we're going to keep that common theme running as we talk about wild card round tomorrow, Sunday, 1 PM bills, dolphins, and you're going to get some real feelings on this one. Uh, the bills hosting the dolphins, the dolphins are without Tua, possibly without Teddy Bridgewater. I've heard at this time of the time of me speaking, uh, Bridgewater has not been officially ruled out, but, uh, McDaniel has said, uh, Skylar Thompson would be would probably or would be the starter for tomorrow. Uh, Raheem Mostert is out with a broken hand, broken thumb, whatever it is. Um, they're in trouble. There's a lot of injuries there. The big one being Tua, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, Tango Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa, whatever. I don't care. Uh, it is one of those things. Th- this one, this one to me falls squarely on McDaniel's shoulders. This is a game that if I if you have Tua, you have Mostert. I am sitting here going like, uh oh. Now I'm sitting here saying if the Bills drop this game, I have serious questions for my coaching staff. What are we doing? What is the thought process going into this game? Because the only way that this win that that, that this game turns into a Dolphins win in Buffalo is if Buffalo just craps the bed. If Buffalo has to hand this game away for the Dolphins to win. Be, I mean, when you're on your third quarterback and a backup running back, there's no way that you should lose this game if you are as good. A team that is is still you know still potentially has a claim to lay to the one seed, uh, to the point that it's going to be played at a neutral site because we couldn't sort it out the right way in the regular season. Whether and regardless of what your feelings are on that, you are supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFL. If a team without its starting quarterback or its backup quarterback and without its starting running back can beat you, I'm sorry, you didn't deserve to be there in the first place and you were a fraud. So the Bills are going to win and the Bills are going to win by at least two scores, in my opinion. And this is going to get a, a good feeling going in in Buffalo, in Western New York, about riding into next weekend. Now, in my opinion, and I am just a guy with a microphone and a podcast, right? I, I'm I'm no, you know, I'm no guru. I don't pretend to be some expert. You know, I I have feelings. I follow the game, and I do speak from from an essence of coaching, right? I have 16 years of coaching experience under my belt. And going into my 17th year here, Mike McDaniel handled the Tua Tagovailoa situation so, so, so poorly. It has cost them their season. Let's just say, just for kicks, they find Bill, the Bills find a way to fumble this game away. They find a way to just piss this game away and the Dolphins win. You're not winning in the next round. You are not beating Kansas City. Tua will not be back. There is conversation that Tua may never be back. 
there is conversation that Tua is being told by pe- by his advisors, by people who are have his best interests in mind, to at minimum take off next season to continue and be sure he is 100% healthy before making a decision about playing football again. Tua is not playing. You are not winning. Your season is over. Now, granted, you find a way to win this game with an offensive performance for for you know for the ages. This conversation changes, but for all intent and purpose, this game should go the way a lot of people, including Dolphins fans, think it's going to go. I was on the Matchup Madness show that earlier this week. Jeff Hunt, who is the, uh, the the creator who who covers the Dolphins for that for that show, was like, "Listen, man, our season's done. It was a good run. We're lucky to be in the playoffs." They limped in against the Jets, scoring 11 points, nine of which came on field goals, two on a, on a, on a scum time last play safety when the Jets were trying to, to win a miracle game. And now you're going against one of the best team, one of the best defenses in the league. Oh, and a pretty darn good offense who is going to be able to put at least, I mean, 20 some points on the board at least. Are you going to be able to put 20 on the Bills with Skylar Thompson? Probably not, unless again, the Bills absolutely crap themselves. Uh, if the, if the bills, as long as the bills don't load their shorts, the, the season's over. And why is the season over? We're going to dial this all the way back to week three. Here comes week three. Matt Milano hits Tua. Whether you thought it should be a flag or not. Okay. Regardless, it happened. It's over. It probably could have been a flag. Probably maybe should have been a flag, but it wasn't. But the result of the play was Tua getting up, shaking his head and kind of folding to a knee. Everyone on the planet. Ah, he's got a concussion. That's the end of Tua's day. That was the conversation, right? That was it. And then Tua comes out after halftime, and it was it, it, it was a, it was a back injury. And then you find out that they didn't actually evaluate him for a back injury. They just said, "Oh, it wasn't a concussion," so we chalked it up to a back injury. When I'm sorry, but the answer there is, well, he didn't. You know, nothing happened that we said that made us believe it was a concussion. So we just chalked it up to something that we didn't test for. So if you te- didn't test for the back injury and it wasn't the back injury, you had to default back to a neurological issue. You didn't do that. You didn't do your homework. Apparently, the only people on the planet who didn't think this was a, a concussion issue were the, was the doctor, the, the Dolphins trainers, and the Dolphins coaching staff. Because Tua probably could have probably was like, yeah, probably I got my bell rung. It's definitely a concussion. But like, I'm going to shut up and want to play because I want to play because it's like because I want to shut people up. I have haters out there that I want to shut up. And a coach's job is to stop that. Right. A coach's job is to make the best decision in the interest for his players. Perfect example of that Micah Hyde has been activated off the IR. He's practicing with the Bills. He is not going to play this week, despite the fact that the Bills could use him being down to two, two, the, their top two safeties. At their top two free safeties, but they're not because he's not ready. We could have activated Trey White at any point before we did. We didn't because he wasn't ready. And he himself, on top of like, listen, if you are not ready, we are not forcing you to play. Even if we don't think you're ready and you say, I'm ready, we're not going to let you play because that is a coach's job. Mike McDaniel said, no, we need Tua to beat the Bills. And we did. We used Tua and we beat the Bills. And I got a Gatorade shower for it. In week three, we won the Super Bowl. It was over. We are the new kings of the East. We are the beast of the East. <clears throat> Four days later, we all watched it. Tua goes out Thursday Night Football in Cincinnati. By the way, there's a curse about Cincinnati. I'll get to that. Uh, and then we watch a dude, to, and this is not a joke. We watched the dude hit his head on the ground and just have a, a reaction, and we were like, oh, my God, this dude, like he if, he, if this happens again, he could die. That was the first time we talked about a dude potentially dying on the field in the NFL this year. The sad part is it wouldn't be the last. The scariest part is it wouldn't be the last. But this one was preventable. Even if that hit happened, 
and Tua didn't have the concussion the first time, it still would have been pretty rough, but it wouldn't have been that bad. Now, what happened? You played Tua, he got hurt, and you lost. If you would have just not played Tua, you probably still could have probably would have lost that game. You probably would have still would have would have gotten beaten by the Bengals. But your quarterback would have been healthy. Now we fast forward and Tua gets another concussion. If you let him heal properly from the first one, if he stayed in concussion protocol and made sure he was actually healthy and legitimately cleared to play, maybe the second concussion happening in the later weeks of the season isn't keeping him out down the stretch. Maybe you don't lose him for a three or four game stretch in the middle. Maybe you lose him for that that Bengals game and then that week off allows him to heal and then he comes back and you don't hit that little lull when he wasn't playing. And now maybe you are still in charge of the, of the East. Maybe you are still pushing for the one seed. And then he gets a concussion and maybe he misses another week or two, not the end of the season into the playoffs where you end up barely above eight, uh, 500. The only reason you're above 500 is because you played the Jets in the last week of the season in a season where we have an extra game where no one can finish 500. So there we are. At this point, the only person responsible for the downfall of the Dolphins is Mike McDaniel. And if I'm the Dolphins, and this is how you're going to manage my team, every single season we are one injury mismanagement away from being done because you are not willing to give up an early season W for the success down the road. And that to me is a problem. First off, the problem is your player safety should be the most important thing. Second, the fact that it's not is an issue as a coach. And in ipso facto, when the Dolphins lose to the Bills tomorrow, circa about 4 o'clock, the answer should be, don't get on the bus, don't get on the plane, we'll send you your stuff. Go somewhere else. I'm sorry, but that needs to be the answer. This man mismanaged this dude's health to the point that a, a, a dude who was having a potential breakout year and I still do not believe that Tua is the end-all, be-all. I do not believe he is a top-five quarterback. I believe he is limited in certain things he can do. I believe he is the equivalent of quarterback purgatory, where he needs elite talent around him for elite things to happen. I don't think he can raise the bar around him. I think the bar around him needs to be high. But he's proved he can win. He proved he is a serviceable NFL quarterback, and you may have ended his career to win some games in week three and four. I'm sorry, Despite making the playoffs, despite having a good run for most of the year, that is a fireable offense, in my opinion. As a, as a coach, if I did that, if I put my player's health completely off to the side and potentially ruined somebody, they'd be calling for my head. And that's what I'm doing. I'm calling for this dude's head because of how poorly he managed the Tua situation. And it's put his team in this situation. And that is a coach's job is to put your team in the best possible situation to win. And not win in week three, to win the Super Bowl, to win in playoff time, to win when it matters. That's all I'm saying. Bills win at least 14 points. Giants-Vikings, I think the Vikings stay hot. I think the Vikings take the win here. Uh, the Giants looking to, to make it up. The Giants have overachieved, right? The Giants are the team this year that has overachieved quite a bit uh, across the board. And... I, I I think they fall short. I, I really do. I think the Vikings have a solid a solid first week. We're getting Kirk Cousins kind of prime time, but not really. So he's gonna he's gonna find a way to 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 get the ball to the people that need to get the ball. The Giants are gonna give it their best fight. They really, really are. I just don't think barring Saquon Barkley having 
250 and three scores, this game is the Vikings to lose. And I don't think they're going to need to to dig in the bag of the the into the the bag of luck that they've had almost all year. Although, who knows? New season. This could be the uh, where the luck runs out, and the Giants could shock the world. Uh, going from there, Ravens Bengals. The Ravens uh, beat up No Lamar. Huntley's a question mark. Uh, lots of questions here. I don't think they have enough to beat the Bengals. Um, I, I just, I, I just don't. I think it's setting up for the matchup that we all wanted a few weeks back. Bengals Bills next week. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot to say there. It's a divisional matchup. Anything could happen, but without Lamar, I don't think there's a shot. And then the big one, the Cowboys and the Bucks. The Cowboys uh, offense not not been fantastic this season. Has not been overly amazing. Um, you know, a, a lot of shocking statistics this year when you really look back on things. The Bucks defense, the only reason they've been actually re- even remotely relevant to anybody uh, and been able to hang on to a really bad division. But their offense all of a sudden last week looked looked good. Looked like they figured something out. Uh, so we'll see. I'm I'm still taking. You know, I'm going to be ballsy. Uh, Bucks are going to take this one, and I I think it's going to be tight. But I think Tom Brady does Tom Brady things and gets at least one playoff win this year, and we get to hear the Cowboys fans cry. So that is your quick hit NFL Wild Card Weekend uh, conversation here, and. You know, we uh, hopefully we get a full show in next week. I apologize for the quick hit. I just wanted to get it in, get it done, and get it out there for you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Every single person who tunes in and, and takes in hats, stats, and stats every week. We appreciate every single one of you. Check us out on social media at HTS underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hats, stats, and stats podcast on Facebook. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Tell your friends. You can find our audio everywhere on wherever you find social uh find your podcast spotify apple podcast google podcast amazon music anywhere else uh you can take them in good pods stuff like that and again check out our friends at mafia pack mafiapack.com and check out the josh allen decanter and his weapons shot glasses uh thanks for tuning in guys hat stats and stats part of the bicbp radio network check out our website bicbp-radio.com and as always playoff time baby go bills